Hello, Reliving the Extreme listeners. Nate Maxson here. And before we get the show started this week, this week's show is a... We're discussing an episode of ECW that is obviously historic in the history of not only ECW, but obviously 90s professional wrestling, at least. It is the episode of ECW where we discuss the NWA Championship Tournament from August the 27th, 1994, where Shane Douglas won the NWA Championship and threw it down and declared himself the ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Very historic, um, a pivotal moment in the history of the promotion that we're covering on this show, and I'm very excited to discuss it. Obviously on this show we discuss the television product that we are watching, that we are viewing each and every week. We're discussing the TV product, and then kind of talking about the backstories, kind of talking about the backdrops. But I wanted to just say really quick, as you are listening to this, there is a good companion piece to listen to to this episode. Our friend Dave Dynasty um, of Wrestling Nostalgia with Dave Dynasty has a podcast discussing ECW. It is called This Is Extreme. It is available on every podcast app you can get. And the reason I'm bringing this up is Dave actually did an episode, his first episode of This Is Extreme, about all of the machinations, everything going on behind the scenes and etc. through the dirt sheets and all that, about this period, about this time, August of 1994, in ECW, concerning the NWA, etc., etc. So I just wanted to mention before we start, if you want to get a deep dive into the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on at this time, I highly recommend checking out the This Is Extreme podcast with Dave Dynasty, and checking out the Birth of Extreme episode. That will kind of be a good companion piece for our discussion of this TV episode of ECW. So that being said, I will now turn it over to, well, me and Aaron and Chad as we discuss the episode of ECW from August the 30th, 1994, The Birth of Extreme, ladies and gentlemen, and here it comes. I stand here before God and my Father in heaven tonight. As I said, I would be world's heavyweight champion. In the tradition of Luthes. In the tradition of Jack Briscoe, of the Briscoe Brothers, of Dory Funk Jr. Terry Funk, the man who will never die. As the real nature boy, Buddy Rogers, upstairs tonight. From the Harley races to the Barry Windows to the Champion of the world! 
Shane Douglas declaring himself. We have set out ECW to change World the champion of professional wrestling. So tonight, let the new era begin. The era of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing a pretty damn significant episode in the history of ECW. It's going to be covering August 30th, 1994 ECW TV, and the coverage is of the NWA Championship Tournament from August the 27th, 94 in the ECW Arena. And obviously, this is a significant show for ECW. As always, I am joined by my brother Aaron. What's up, everybody? And a man who was there that night, Chad Austin. No, I was, I was, I was, the only reason why I was there is because Archie Mitchell didn't show up. <laughs> so I took, I took his place. Instead of a he sick, was supposed instead, to of face a, instead of a sick horse, he always said he had a sick llama, that Archie Mitchell. Oh, I, that, that's a shocker. Sick alpaca. <laughs> alpaca is the name of a car dealership down here where I live. His name, is his name Al? Last yeah, it's alpaca. That's fantastic. <laughs> like literally, I had spent um Jesus, I had spent the last four fucking days or four or five days at Jessica's mom's house. Because when I when I when I broke down mm-hmm. at my job, I, I broke down like in the middle of nowhere. And I had to I had to, you know, I'm thinking like, what do I gotta do here? Right. And they're like, well, you got to call this guy. This guy's got to tow you to, you know, Pohanka. And I'm thinking, like, what is Chris Chavez going to do to, you know, to, to fix my car? And like, no, it's not Tatanka. It's Pohanka. And I'm just going, so what does that mean? And then I get there. And then the guy's like, all right, well, you know, the car's here. So I can walk across the street to Jessica's mom's house. And then I just call the next day and go, you do know it's a holiday weekend. Like I, I love the I love the lack of empathy of any any sort in that. You do know it's a holiday weekend. I mean, we understand you're screwed, but yeah, I mean, you can't even just kind of like kind of look at it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, open the hood and go. All right, I mean, because my car always has this, and th- this this should be a running thread throughout the whole entire show. I mean, the whole entire, like, series is that I have this mysterious blue wire that, like, is not connected to anything. And everybody looks at my car and goes, what does this blue wire go to? And I'm thinking, like, maybe a bunch of you guys got together. Yeah, aren't you supposed to be the fucking expert? And you're the mechanic. Yeah. If a a bunch of you guys got together and you all look at this blue wire... You can figure out where it goes to. That's, that's, like, that's like my your doctor looking at you and go, what is this growth? Well, I had that too. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what I mean? It's, it was just like, like what, what do you mean, man? And I'm, I'm just kind of like, I'm just standing there going, I don't know what else to say, you know? <laughs> you're, yeah, hey, look, you're not, I'm, you're not supposed to be looking at me for answers. You're, like I said, <laughs> you're a professional. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, my car won't start. And the mechanic's like, why do you think it won't start? <laughs> this isn't the time for fucking introspection. <laughs> yeah, it won't start. You know, it's not because of my lack of fucking trying. I'm telling you right here, I, I, I can, I can give you the. Um, I'm turning the, I'm turning the key over as we speak. And do you hear that? And the guy goes, no. I go, well, there's nothing there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why do you think you don't hear anything? Jesus Christ Almighty! And they, they they decided like um I don't know I don't even know what they said like it was beyond it was my car is Mister Roboto it was beyond my control. Domo arigato. Yeah, it's like <laughs> thank you very much. So we we can't do shit for you, man. And I'm like, arigato, so I won't start. Oh, yeah. Like what do you want me to do? I'm 240 miles. I mean, maybe 300 miles away from being home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Do you, what the fuck do you want me to do? And they're like, well, I guess you have to get your car towed. Jesus. 
300 miles? No, no, no. Well, I had that opportunity. But but luckily I was, I don't know, I want to say 12, 15 miles from Jessica's mom's house. Like I was somewhere in the, the, you know, in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. And I learned that word from uh, Vince McMahon in the 80s. In the vicinity. And yeah, I was somewhere in the vicinity of getting my car towed there. So it, like they were like, we can tow it here. I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit. What'd you do with it? Just take it to a place that guys are going to fix the goddamn fucking car. Take it to the blue wire expert. Yeah, what the fuck is this blue wire? And oh my God, I just had my cat just run outside the door and it never does that at all. Actually, it never comes in. I'm sorry. My cat never comes in the house. It just came in the house and just darted back out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even my cat. It came with the, it came with the house. <laughs> they never told me that when we when Jess got the house. Oh yeah, we forgot to tell you it comes with a cat. It wasn't on the listing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's just been a it's just been one of them weeks where if it can, it will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything, just I break down on the side of the road, and do I have to wait for this guy to come pick this shit up out of my car? And then the guy comes picks me up, who's not associated with my company, but he comes pick me up, and I go, "Well, what do I do? Do I leave the drugs still in my fucking car?" And he's like, "Well, if you want to go somewhere safe, then yeah, I'm going." Well, good thing my last day was Friday anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, I already put my two weeks in and it was Friday. Wait so, around it out. Yeah. So the the first thing I did when I went to the when I went to the fucking car place was open the back up and I went, Oh shit. Yeah, the guy the guy came and got it. Gotta make cool. sure gotta make sure B cat gets his medication. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what you look at that? <laughs> I showed up, man. Well, like I said, the episode we're talking about of ECW here, August 30th, 1994. We open the show with 911 versus the wild card in the NWA Championship Tournament, and it turns out to be Doink the Clown. This is going somewhere, but kill the clown chants from the crowd. Um, <clears throat> Doink eats three choke slams and gets pinned by 911. And that's how we start the show. What do you think, guys? Well, go ahead, Aaron. I mean, I'd love to hear your... Um, I'm just trying to, like, reiterate to everybody that this is actually good doink. Like, when I say good doink, I mean not, like, happy-go-lucky doink. This is Matt Bourne doink. So psycho doink, yes. Yeah, psycho doink. And he's eating an apple, which, cra- I, I don't know why it cracked me up, but he was just nonchalantly... Like leaning on the turnbuckle, eating an apple. Well, I mean, I I always thought that uh, I don't know why um, Matt Bourne didn't last longer than he did. Like that always kind of like that always kind of like not not that it irked me or anything, mm-hmm. but I always just kind of wondered why that you know it, it had to have been either a drug issue. I, I don't know. I mean. I'm speculating, so yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to throw anybody underneath the bus, but I'm saying it was either a drug issue or it was a money issue, and then you can totally take both of them together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, I, it was, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I would probably lean toward a drug issue in that. I don't. I don't think I've never heard that he was hard to deal with. You know, as far as as far as I mean, shit. He let WCW book him as Big Josh for two years. So I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't particularly see that he was, he was t- difficult to deal with. So I just always have assumed, I guess, that it was, it was probably some demons. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, I mean, I, I never went out of my way to go like, hey, how you doing, uh, uh, Big Josh, um, you know, or uh, you know, whatever your name is. But yeah, like Aaron said, this this version of Doink in the WWF, I know. It's it's always it's always a joke that WWF had a wrestling clown, but the way they initially booked the gimmick for that company being what it was was kind of intriguing, and he had the psycho aspect to it, and that's the doink he's playing here in ECW. And of course, we're going to go into the born again gimmick as this goes on. But you ever um, the, um, you ever seen? We never we never got we never got a chance to see that. Just very briefly. You ever seen Kevin Nash talk about him? I have not because. Uh, 
Matt Boren talks about Kevin Nash and says that Kevin Nash never drew a dime and just kind of like knocks him or whatever. And then Kevin Nash goes off on him. And he said they in the locker room, they used to call him Krusty the Clown because he never washed his outfit. Like, never. never. Would you be upset? I mean, me personally, I don't give a shit. So what? I mean, I don't know. So I never washed my outfit. Do you have do you have to work me? Right. <laughs> you know? I mean neither I, did neither I, did I Vader. Wrestle, I had to wrestle Bob fucking I don't know. I think I think the most I had to wrestle Bob as doing was sixteen nights in a row. And I think that's what it was. it ended up being sixteen days in a row or you know, fifteen out of sixteen days. But Either way, I was like, do you think I went, Bob, did you wash the doink outfit? How long was I going to be in the ring with him? Right, yeah, a doink match isn't going to be that long. Yeah. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to I'm gonna pretend like I have a gimmick, you know, a foreign object. And you're going to sell like I have a foreign object. And then out of nowhere, you're going to hit me and I'm going to fall down. And then you're going to win. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no need for you to wash your outfit, even though I wish you would. Please do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for your own good, really. Yeah, he was like, I can't even smell. Obviously, <laughs> clearly. Well, after the nine one one doink matchup, um, Joey Styles introduces the show, and uh, in kind of a nice little thing, he goes, well, "I, I he essentially is like, I don't even know how to introduce this show or what we're called, or you know, the, conveying the confusion of what's coming up later on in the show." Um, which I thought that was a nice touch from Joey. Oh, Joey was goddamn good, man. Like, I don't think Joey gets enough credit, honestly, for being as good as, as he was at his job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, through the whole entire, I mean, the only thing he could have had, he could have needed was a co-anchor. Like, um, who, what was the guy's name that was there first? Jay Sully. Uh, Jay Sully. I mean, I mean, <laughs> and Joey, Joey Stiles could just talked the whole entire show. And you would have not heard Joe, Su- Joe Jay Sully. You would have been like, "Man, what a broadcast team that was! <laughs> that broadcast team was um, that was untouchable, man." You know, and then- <laughs> I'm Joey Styles along with Jay Science Sully here. Silent Sully. It would have been like when uh, who was the guy? Who was the Mid South guy with the fucking outfits? Boyd Pierce. Yeah, it would have been like Boyd Pierce pitching it to Bill Watts. Like Jay Sully would have been like, I'm Jay Sully. Welcome to ECW. What do you think, Joey? And then just Joey just goes the rest of the show. And then Sully's like, thanks for watching, y'all. Even better, Jay Sully is in a Boyd Pierce uh, tux or suit every week. Oh, that's that kind of suit? Yeah. Looks like a stained glass window. <laughs> yeah, he did look like a church. Like, <laughs> like, like his, a church his, front door. His, his head was even kind of small with a little steeple on the top of hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we get a a recap of the feud that's been ongoing between Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. And then we get the Tommy Dreamer Sandman Singapore Cane match, um, which this is uh, this entire segment of this is designed, obviously, to try once again to get Tommy over with the Philly crowd. And Uh, the, the operative word was what you said was again. Yes. Yes, they've tried multiple occasions to to get him over. This poor guy, dude. <laughs> this time I think it worked. I actually it, like this thing. It started to work. Yes, that's what that's what I have here. It's yeah, starting to work. You're right. I'm not going to um, do that. The match itself isn't anything to write home about. It's the after match. Uh, Tommy. Essentially, what happens is uh, Tommy gets a DDT, but the Sandman thumbs the referee's eye. Woman comes in and canes Tommy, and then Sandman gets the pin. Um, to which a bunch of wrestlers come out of the locker room to protest this. Todd Gordon comes out to restart the match, but Tommy says no, he will take the shots from the cane. So, you know, of course, Joey's Joey's over the moon about Tommy Dreamer showing guts here. Hey, man, he's the martyr. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, you know, we have um, in ECW, I mean, I don't know what we've done before that that was stipulation-wise, but that was a stipulation, and you, you know, you no, know, what? What? I mean, Magnum K didn't lose the duck that um, Tully Blanchard and I quit match. You know, usually right. the baby face wins, and the heel won. And there's Tommy Jimmer. He's got to take ten lashes, and when it's fat back, he might be able to do three. 
Before, they, before you once they, yeah, once they get through that first layer, buddy. So, Aaron, anything about the match itself before we get into the aftermatch? The match itself was what it was, but it, it was building towards, like you guys said, about Tommy actually losing and and not taking the out with Ty Gordon saying, we'll restart the match. So it's like Tommy being a man and saying, I had this stipulation, I signed up for this stipulation and I'll, I'll take my beating. And the aftermatch is the aftermath of the match is the fucking story. And I have a question for you guys. Take Tommy dreamer out of the equation. Who's the baby face martyr for the company at this time, uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Okay, that's what you say. Mm-hmm. But what does that say about your company? <laughs> you have a little work to do. I, yeah. I mean, I like, I like Mikey. Don't get me wrong, I like Mikey, but yeah, me I mean, too. You, <laughs> you got a little work to do there. Yeah, you better find somebody, dude. You can't build your company on on a, on a Chad Austin guy that that you know, 180 pounds is just getting ass beat every week. Yeah, I mean, so Tommy Dreamer was the only guy, and I'm like, he's got. Like, I don't even know who's got a bigger chest, him or Beulah. I mean, who are they putting over? Kimono on a dreamer? Jesus. What, is Tommy Dreamer going to dance atop the ECW arena? <laughs> the, the ever sultry Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Jesus. Why, why is he going to have them stress? Them stress make it even worse because it, it draws way more attention to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not going to be long before he puts a fucking shirt on. That's for sure. Hey, you got boobies, Tommy. <laughs> you got boobies. Like, my wife's got boobies, but that's a good thing, because she's my wife. She's supposed to have boobies. But, like, if I go to visit my buddy, and I'm like, hey, Tommy, nice boobies. That ain't supposed to be a good thing. Well, he, he's, uh, he's got his boobies out here as he is <laughs> going to take the lashes, the strikes with the cane by the Sandman. Um, and like Aaron said, this is effective. It's... It makes it even better that woman is there. Dude, know, I, to... I, I gotta be honest. That that shit was that shit's brutal. I I, I mean, as as much as, but I have a feeling for Tommy Dreamer, which ain't a whole lot. And I gotta say that man, I don't know how Paul would have talked me into doing that. Cause cause you know you you saw me take my shots, right? Mm-hmm. That shit doesn't. It ain't fucking good. That shit hurt. And 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 then watch Tommy have to take ten, like. The shots that I took, I didn't have to take ten. Right. I, yeah. I just took whatever Sandman gave me till I decided to. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, and Tommy's got a. Tommy's got not only got to take ten, <clears throat> but he's got to. He's got to. I don't want to say act during the entire time, but he's got to. He's got to do his. He's got to do his angle through the whole thing. Like, yeah. yes, sir, give me another or whatever. And and like you said, woman did a fantastic job saying you don't have to do it, Tommy. Just kiss my feet, just bow down or whatever. Just Dude, I would have kissed her feet. I would have pulled her fucking little skirt down. It's a whole different segment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand why Tommy didn't think ahead of time and go like, like all right, I'll just knock her shoes off and then just pull her skirt down and embarrass her, embarrass woman, and then I would have just rolled out. But then again, if you would have embarrassed woman, it wouldn't have been an embarrassing woman. It would have been like sending the ECW crowd into a frenzy. Yeah. Oh my God, woman's naked. You know what I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I don't think I would even want to look for my car. You know, if the if the whole entire ECW crowd I'll be like, "Where's my keys at? Let's go," because woman's naked. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Because damn, I mean. If she, I mean, was she or was she not? I mean, besides, I mean, let's discredit Missy Hyatt. What a year, year and a half later, two years later, like take her out of the equation. But wasn't woman like the woman? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And and I'm and I'm sure and I'm sure I told this on the story on the show a million times that when you saw her down at the lobby to get coffee, she was dressed to. She was dressed like she was going to the arena. Like she wasn't a job girl. She wasn't wearing, you never saw her wearing sweats like you told me. She projected her image at all times. <clears throat> Probably because she had, what, 25 years of living that image. Yeah. Yeah. If and I, I mean, had 25 years of having money, I'd also do the same thing too. Also, also from a business wise, 
I mean, she was with a guy that was all about psychology, you know, Kevin Sullivan, obviously. So she learned a lot from him too, as far as the business goes and, and how to project your character and how to, right. how, how to work, you know, literally how to work everybody. And yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Like, woman, woman was like, um, and, and it's sad that there wasn't like any chance for her to like teach anybody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know who was left. You know, women wise, you know, who who you could teach. You know what I mean? Yeah, at this point, yeah, I don't know. I right now, like, who's around who? to teach a woman how to be a woman in the business? That we were saying, yeah. right? Maybe Jackie, Miss Jackie. Oh, Miss Jackie? Shit, no. She's gonna show you where the nearest cheapest booze is. That's my girl, dude. Jackie's my girl. <laughs> I'm I, just saying, yeah. like, she's she's like probably the last like chick that was like I don't want to say territory, but that. No, was, you're right. You can say what? that. That's correct. Yeah, like she was. She's the last chick left that had to get over by being a woman but being one of the boys in the business you know dude, so dude jackie like when i when i got to meet jackie and i met jackie and and i think bull took me over to meet her and i met her and i thought she, I, I i thought i was meeting like stone cold like you miss jackie like she's like you know and it, like she lived in a shitty you know what i mean mm-hmm I think Reggie Fine lived there too. And I was like, "You live with Reggie Fine," <laughs> and um, and I was just like, "Miss Jackie," and I gave her all these ideas, and she loved me, and I loved her. But I'm like, "But you're Miss Jackie, man. You know, you you beating the shit out of these people every single week. You know, like I I love I love being around you and all, but I don't want to be involved in an angle. Like, I got this angle." I'm like, no, I don't want to be involved in an angle with you. <laughs> Beat the shit out of me. Yeah, that, that's how it's going to end. That's yeah, how she, every angle ended. Like, as Brandon Baxter. Yeah, I just think she's the last tough broad. So, all right, so not not necessarily as, as a tough woman, but for this time period, not now, not the train wreck she's become in her life, but at this time, again, not tough-wise, but as far as wrestling psychology and stuff like that goes, what do you guys think of Tammy? She hadn't even started. Like Tammy's hitch? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, g- give me, give me your your timeline of experience of where she would have figured out how to do anything. I mean, shit from Shinola. Where would she would have learned anything at? Yeah, I mean, at the very least, uh, for a minute under Cornette. To me, it's like what what Chad was saying was like, you know, who else is left? It's like is. Tammy gonna be able to walk into a bar and fucking handle herself. You know what I mean? No. Well, that's why I said I'm not necessarily Jackie, talking about the toughness. Jackie's I'm just talking about Jackie's getting the over. Last one. It's like, yeah, fuck you. I can slam you, motherfucker. You know what fucking I mean? Jackie would go and clean that shit out, and yeah. I'd be the guy walking in behind her because I can't figure out how to lock the door in the car. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'd walk in. By the time I get in there, like I'm ready. And she's like, like shit, shit's already handled. Okay, I handle this. I look around. I see a bunch of bodies on the floor. I see Jackie sitting there just slamming a beer. Like Lady oh, Hawk dude, I could, over I here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we could do a whole podcast about about. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Miss Jackie, and it's too bad that I forgot her address. Because I don't do the whole Christmas card thing a whole lot, you know what I mean? But if I did, Miss Jackie would get it. Dude, I, she was the best. I mean, I loved her. Yep, no matter what, what promotion she was in or what role she was in, she always, like you said, she was the best. She gave 100% and was very believable and just all around a great talent. She was very believable because you couldn't make her anything but a ghetto woman. Mm-hmm. She was a ghetto woman. And you couldn't make her anything but that. So, you know, when, when she goes out there and she's like, let me tell you something, you hoe? You know, <laughs> or, or whatever. I don't I don't even know what the words are to say. You know what I mean? But she would say all that slang and all that shit. And she would just cuss and shit. And then, and then, then like, the, what, the, the sorry little white girl would come out. Sable, like, yeah. Like Miss Davenport. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you don't, why do you even come out, dude? Cause you know Miss Jackie going wipe the floor with you, bro. <laughs> I mean, how long? How long was Miss Jackie there? And we we, we could do a whole show on how many other women came up, came around, you know, while she was there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Tony Adams. You know, Chris Adams' wife came around. Mm-hmm. Who else? Um, oh, shit. That's the same. Jess, I don't know. I think Jess said, fuck, fuck who? Oh, Jess said, fuck Miss Jackie. Uh, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't fucking Miss Jackie. <laughs> she got bigger dick than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, go get fucked by Miss Jackie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. <laughs> Well, back to this segment to wrap it up. Um, like I have a, a note here. Of course, this is an effective way to get Tommy over with the crowd. He takes all ten of the uh, the lashings, and then just to put uh, just to put a cherry on the Sunday, Sandman takes a cheap shot after, and we actually get a Tommy chant out of the ECW crowd. I know them fucking five people, man. They want fucking banana. I heard. They, they I, just saw, I heard they just saw Tommy Cairo over Tommy. at the hot dog stand. Do, do you really think that was really a Tommy chant? Or are they kind of sweetened that? If they, I, I bet, I bet what it was is it's kind of like what you said. It's not the whole crowd. It's like ten people, so they just turned the volume up on it. You know, you can, you know, they isolated that chant and turned it up. I'm sure there was an actual chant in the arena, but. Because obviously this is the thing Polly's going to see. This is the thing that works to start turning things around for his his project on Tommy Tommy Dream. Yeah, because we're we're still not even drawing over a thousand people, mm-hmm. or much more than a thousand people. But when you hear the chant, it's like EC Dub, EC Dub. You're like, there's nobody doing EC Dub. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm even looking around in the locker room, like me and Donnie Allen aren't even doing it. There's nobody doing DC dub <laughs> in the locker room. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was sweetened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure it was. So then we get highlights of the tournament as we're going to head to watching the finals of this NWA championship tournament. Jesus um, Christ. Shane Douglas beats Taz in the first round by holding the tights. Two Cold Scorpio beats Chris Benoit in kind of a double pin deal. Um, Shane Douglas beats Dean Malenko with a pile driver. Two Cold Scorpio beats nine one one with a a finish that. Okay, so anyway, what happens is Doink attacks Polly dangerously outside the ring, but then Matt Bourne attacks nine one one. Douglas was the Doink. Shane Douglas was the Doink that attacked Paul Heyman, and nine one one gets counted out. What's that? Sorry, it was a decoy Doink. He's Wait a, a decoy doink. This was on the show that we watched. Yep. I mean, it was just a recap, like a in a in a little video, just highlighting the matches in the tournament to get to the final. But yes, I got I got none of this. Like, <laughs> I don't have any idea. I mean, I mean, the closest note that I have is yet another Sandman promo. <laughs> I, I think I wrote that four times. <laughs> just another Sandman promo. Here's the Sandman again. Um, it looked even. Oh, I mean. Whatever, whatever we're talking about, I wrote it looked even lamer than it happened. <laughs> it, it must have been the it must have been the cane shots. I don't know, Jess. I don't take great notes. You fucking <laughs> fell asleep while you were watching it. Oh, I mean, I should maybe I should stay awake while I'm watching it. I say that every week when I watch Raw. <laughs> All of it. I can't watch anything. AEW keeps me awake. Oh. When I, when I get back up at like midnight and then I started watching it and I got like, yeah, man, I'm going to watch AEW. And I'm like an hour in ago, never mind. <laughs> Forget it. And NXT, <laughs> I can't even get to the opening. Oh, like, NXT, I, NXT, NXT is like, NXT is god awful now. It's like the gaudiest jewelry you've ever seen. It's dude. terrible. It's terrible. Like I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch 1995 WWF with the Oof. goon and stuff. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. wouldn't want to watch that? Yeah. I'd, I'd rather watch 1995 AWF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Tito Santana against the the Arabian, or or Jeff Gaylord and the Warlord as the Lord Brothers. Lord Brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go all that overboard, but yeah, I, I got you. I understand what you're talking about, but yeah. Some of this stuff is like, man, I can't believe that I'm I'm like I'm committed to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm committed to this shit. So the main event of the show, of course, is the NWA World Championship match. It is the ECW champion Shane Douglas against Two Cold Scorpio, and it is a good match. I mean, obviously, with the with the talent involved, they put on a good wrestling match here, and 
And of course, the the overarching theme is because they're they're great wrestlers. It's the National Wrestling Alliance. It's the NWA. So, what did we think of the match itself? And then we'll get into the aftermatch, obviously, which is a historical thing, especially for this company. Probably one of the more historical things in wrestling in the nineties. But the match Tor- itself, Tor- I'd, rather, I'd rather hear what Aaron has to say first because I have my. Um, my opinion on it. The breakdown of the tournament, like I didn't, I like, like I like you said, Shane and Too Cold had a good match, but I would have rather, like, like if I would have been booking the tournament, I would have had the finals be Shane and Benoit. I think Shane and Benoit would have had a better match, in my opinion. But other than that, I mean, the match itself is decent, and it's two decent workers, and I don't really have a negative thing to say about it. Yeah, keep it going. We got 20 minutes still. Come on. <laughs> That's all you got to say? I got nothing negative to say about it? Like I said, I just, I, I would have preferred to see Benoit advance to the finals. Do you think it's, do you think that they did not do that because at this point with NECW and even, even nationally, too cold is is technically kind of a bigger, a bigger deal than Benoit at this point. Benoit, have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Benoit yeah. was already Benoit was already signing with WCW, and he would, he would have never been able to fulfill his obligations. Well, I'm not saying that Benoit would have been the winner. I'm just saying I would have preferred to see Douglas Benoit over Douglas Scorpio. Of course, yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? I mean, because you would have automatically thought that Benoit's going to fucking demolish Douglas. <laughs> I mean, at least I would have thought like Benoit's the logical choice, in my opinion, but. I mean, me and you could all sit here, and we we never realized they thought about booking a territory around this, right? Right. So, you know, we would have thought, like, this is what I would do for this night. For this one night, this is what I would have done. But then we would have said, then what's next? So at least Paul, and I might even say Todd, at least Paul was smart enough to, you know, to keep us hanging. Yeah. That, you know, to bring to bring us back. And that's what a good promoter does. That's what a good booker does. You know, he gives you, I mean, that's what ECW was. It's like watching Raw. Yeah. How much do you see of ECW in Monday Night Raw? Just, Zero. you don't see it? Like, when, when, when they, like, no. they, they, like, leave you hanging to where like, sometimes the crowd starts chanting and you're just like, somebody run out there. Or maybe it's not Raw. What, what, what company is it? It's not NXT. <laughs> We've established that. I don't know. I, I watch I watch so many shows, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I watch so many shows in a week that I don't know what the fuck. Which, I mean, ECW. ECW does this, right? They let the guy run out there. <clears throat> After the match itself, of course, Shane Douglas... Gives, obviously, his most famous promo. Um, Shane wins against Scorpio, and he, with a belly-to-belly. And um, then Shane Douglas... Learned from Magnum PA, by the way. Mm-hmm. Magnum PA? He learned the belly-to-belly from Magnum TA. They actually, in 92, in 92, when, when Watts was booking WCW... They did a segment on Saturday night for Shane Douglas. They had Shane Douglas and, and uh, Magnum TA both getting interviewed by JR. And Magnum TA talks about how he, Shane Douglas reminds him of him and the belly to belly. And that, so that is actually a story from the past. Don't you remember when he had him belly to belly, the hate seat thing? No, I don't. Like he, had, he had like the big thing that hangs in the garage. Like it's a punch a bag, basically. With the hay, with like the hay sticking out of it, yeah, yeah, and, and he was like, "You got to grab it, and you got, and he, you got to belly to belly it." And I'm just going, "Really? All right, well, wait till the night. Jess is going to get a belly to belly." Well, it is the promo. It is Shane Douglas talking about the history of the NWA. He mentions former NWA champions like like Jack Briscoe and and you know, of course, Dick Flair. And the fat man, Dusty Rhodes, and Ricky Steamboat. And then he throws down the NWA championship, proclaims himself the ECW champ, world's champion, and the rest is history. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I've already said it, but that was an actual shoot. And I was what? reading, because we discussed last week, um, 
Harold Brody and Dennis Coraluza and all that. So I went back through some dirt sheet stuff and um, apparently Jim Crockett, Dennis Coraluza and Her- Howard Brody were kind of snowballed here and hoodwinked by Todd Gordon and and Paul Heyman. They they thought that this was all going to be legit. They were still remaining with the NWA, blah blah blah, and they pretty much got fucked over, you know. And <laughs> I mean, like you you said last week, Chad, I, it was surprising that that Coraluza would fall for something like that. You know, as much as as much as yeah. he was he was keen, you know, he was pretty keen. You would think that he would have smelled the bullshit, but yeah, keen keen's a word that I would say. Uh, keen's a good word. Yeah, yeah. Coraluza was pretty much smart to the business, but yeah, I mean, if, if you get hoodwinked by Paul Paul Hammond, which a lot of people did, <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> This, this guy could be, they, they could have like a documentary on the Discovery Channel about all the people that Paul hated hoodwinked. This like man actually, been, this man actually hoodwinked Vince McMahon. Pretty much. Yeah. Here they're, they're talking about all these guys are talking about how these guys are going to kill everybody and change the world. What about what Paul Paul Heyman did? He brainwashed, you know, millions of people. And, and, and there's people that he would still, I guarantee you Paul Heyman just went on TV and said, I'm going to lead a national charge, you know, to the White House. And he would just yell, AC Dub. <laughs> 17,000 neckbeards would follow him. Hand bones would run wild. Hand bones I mean, wild. everybody would be looking for Archie Mitchell. Like, <laughs> please, please, give me Archie Mitchell. What's ama- yes, that's, that's a good point, though, too. What's amazing about him as a bullshit artist is that everybody knows he's a bullshit artist, but they still get bullshitted by him and fall for it like for 30 years, this guy. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it, and, and, and a lot of times, even guys like Raven, who I would say, like, um, at some point would, you know, after a few years, would be like, are you still believing him? Are you still, you know? Are you still buying into this? Like, yeah, why? He's like, he's not going to, there, there's nothing here. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he literally like, if, if, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard the stories about he, how he left Chris Candido and Shane Douglas, both with enormous credit card debt because they were using their credit cards to help him keep ECW afloat. See, that's a whole different story because that's when ECW was getting bigger, like, like way bigger than I was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we we had not gotten to that point yet. There's no chance that we had gotten to the point where you know we were worrying about flying. Pl- you know what I mean? Right. Right. Mer- merchandise, merchandise sales, and you know we, we we were still trying to figure out how we were going to pay for the fucking travel lodge that you know that the, all the hookers are going to be at <laughs> that New Jack had already booked. Like, <laughs> like, like, kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, that—that's when when I was there, kind of thing. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. Not to step on you guys, like Chad, like when you, because you said you were there, right? For the uh, yeah. tournament, when Shane threw down the belt and cut the promo, like, what was the um, reaction or lack of reaction of the locker room? I I would have to say. From what I remember, because we had to do a we had to do a promo afterwards, and I I I'm 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 thinking that it was on a TV show. It was at the Ramada where Shane threw the belt down again or whatever or whatever. But um, like I you know I didn't know mm-hmm. you know I had no I had no idea, and I'm just thinking like here we are. We just had a meeting. And Paul's telling us that we're getting ready to go on the business with Jim Crockett Jr., you know? And, and what hand bone like me wouldn't think that's a great thing? Oh, shit. I'm fucking, whatever, 25 years old. Right. And you're, well, and it's 1994, so you're not that far away removed from Jim Crockett promotions. The glory years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So obviously you're like, oh, shit, Jim Crockett. Yeah, I'm getting ready to work. I'm getting ready to do something with Jim Crockett. And it's it's just it, nothing worked. Nothing worked. Like not 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 a, I mean when I say nothing, I mean it was promised to be um travel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you get itinerary. 
like because he was going to run like you know multiple you know tapings right like what was his deal was he was gonna he was gonna run like multiple tapings and then shop it around you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah because originally it started as i remember if i remember right it started as paulie and crockett jim crockett they were calling it what pro wrestling usa or something like that oh it was the world wrestling network World Wrestling Network, yes, and then and then eventually that didn't come to any fruition. So they both started working with the NWA, which was Coraluzo and Brody and some other promoters, like a loose association of promoters. And I'm thinking what probably happened. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking Pauly and Todd Gordon probably looked at that and thought, I don't know if this is ever going to go anywhere, but we might have lightning in a bottle here in Philly. So let's just fucking do this. Let's do it on our own. That's what they had, man. Lightning in a bottle in Philly. Like Corluzo. Corluzo was too much of a, um, Jesus, what's the word I want to say? Like a commodity. Mm-hmm. If you take on Corluzo as a partner, you're taking on a lot of other people. And and believe me, I don't want to say, and I'm not saying this on the public airwaves or anything, that's that Carluzzo has anything to do with, with um people that are made men. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ray Liotta. But uh yeah, Car- <laughs> yeah. Car- Carluzzo had a way of um making shit happen. And I've seen it and I was just like, oh my god. Like like he's not a he's not a promoter that I'm gonna go to and say, You stiff me on seventy five bucks, pal. I'll break your knees. No, he wouldn't even say that. You wouldn't even just see me again. <laughs> like I'd be, I'd be in the Observer, where somebody goes, "Whatever happened to the independent wrestler Chad Austin?" <laughs> Whatever happened to? Yeah. <laughs> the, the last I know, he worked for Dennis. Oh, never mind. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what Dennis would say. No, but Dennis was great, man. I, I used to love, like, he, when he would come to Baltimore, um, we would always, um, me, Dennis, Dennis Carluzzo, and Whipwreck, Whipwreck, the, the guy here, and, and McDevitt and all, mm-hmm. we would always go to um, Sabatino's. And that was the only time of the year that I would ever go to Sabatino's. And I live, like, four miles from Sabatino's. So me and Miss Jess could go to Sabatino's whenever we wanted. But it, it's kind of an upscale place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's over it's overpriced spaghettis, which Miss Jess just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's overpriced spaghetti. That should be the, that should be their slogan. Hello, come and get us some overpriced spaghetti. Come on, That's the the of the show this week. Oversized, overpriced spaghetti. Speaking of overpriced spaghetti, Dennis Coraluzzo now gets interviewed, and I have here because he. They're interviewing him like they're getting the candid shot of him, like a, almost like a, uh, you know, getting ambushed by the reporters or whatever about the Shane Douglas situation. And did oh, you guys with, the, think, with the flash photography? Yes. Did you guys think that he came off as kind of pathetic? Like he is the NWA champion and he will keep the title and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It just came off as kind of pathetic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know what take that was, but it wasn't the best one. You know, mm-hmm. like, like literally, I, I, I agree with you, Nate. He, he literally should have came off like, you know, enough with the cameras. That's, that's yeah. what I would have been like. Enough with the cameras. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to tell you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what, whatever's going on right now, you know, in the world. Right. If you, if you would just stop with the fucking cameras, I'll, t- I'm getting ready to give you the news kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Just give me a minute here, but no, but you know, but Paul had to be the guy that had like the one camera flashing the one camera. <laughs> Just making Dennis look like a fucking idiot. Yes. Pretty much. Aaron, anything on that? Um, I just like you guys said, I think Carlos came out of it. Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. Carloser. Like he came out looking like a hard loser. Like it's like he, that. Yeah, he, he it's like that. Swindled. It's like that kid outside. Swindled. It's like that kid outside SummerSlam '92. The British Bulldog's gonna win the title whether he wants to or not. And you know, yeah, like, is like he's the NWA champion whether he wants to be or not. Yeah, it's like it's it, it just Dennis 
in this point looked like he got hoodwinked, and he did. And and that, that bad, and, that, and that's very very rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like good or bad, Polly pulled one over on him, and he didn't know what to do in that fucking situation. And that's how Dennis seemed in that situation. Yeah, deer in the headlights. Well, Dennis had to pretty much know by that point that's the end of this. Yeah. This, this relationship yep. is coming to an end. And and as a promoter and a booker, Paul Heyman knew what he was doing by jamming cameras in Dennis Coraluza's face right after this happened. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. You know, he's like, get get him right after it happens. <clears throat> Don't, that even way, him, don't even give him time to think. Don't get him. Give him time to think of talking points. Nothing. Just jam a kid. Jam some cameras in his face right after it occurs. Yeah, that that's why you look silly because you don't know what you're going to say. You don't have mm-hmm. any time to prepare for any of that shit. Yeah, that, I mean that's why I look stupid all the time because you know don't give me any time to prepare anything because I'm just going to look stupid anyway. So if I just say whatever comes to my mind, then I look stupid. Nothing wrong with looking stupid. Then after, I mean, people 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 don't expect much from you. And that honestly, that Shane promo was fantastic. Like, like what they did, what they did to Dennis was pretty shitty. I'm just gonna say it. Like, like swerving him was shitty and probably shouldn't have been done. But everything they did out of it is fucking great to um, like accelerate ECW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there would have had to have been somebody else involved. I, I don't I don't think that was just the Paul and Dennis thing. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Because who else was involved in the NWA? That fucking Jabroni from the Florida place or Florida? There was actually a promoter in Australia that was on this version of the NWA. Yeah, I, I, mean, for, I don't I don't remember his I'm name. Asking. I'm I'm not saying I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there was somebody else, so it wasn't like. And I'm just thinking like. Like, what do you guys care? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, look at the big picture. What the fuck? It's the N.W. Dre. It doesn't even exist. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing here. You know, mm-hmm. like, the, like, what library do you get? You're not getting the library that the WWE exists, or you know, right? You're not getting that, and then. Billy Corgan's just starting up, so you're not getting that. So you know what? You know what do you get? <laughs> yeah, what's the NWA? You tell me. I mean, <laughs> it's like you're getting exactly what Shane said—a promotion that died, R.I.P. eight years ago. Yeah, on, on a hill. You know, it died <laughs> on a hill. It was, yes, it's exactly what it did. It, it it got to the top of the mountain and didn't know when it was time to go. Like, yeah, man. We're done here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the, the, instead of putting up a, a flag of peace, they put up a flag that said for rent. <laughs> like, like, you know, just, and Ted Turner was like, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ted Turner comes in and he's like, you know what? If I threw an hour in there at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Their motel sign was like, vacancies welcome. Yeah, let me call Bob Cook. HBO. I'm gonna call Bob Cook. I'm gonna call Mike Winner. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna see. Can you guys make chicken salad out of this? Just, let's just see what we can do. Is we have like 36 hours of, of content that we need that we need to produce. Hey, Fidel's. Uh, what's that fucking guy? Del Sierra or whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, Dave, Dave Sierra. Yeah, Dave Sierra. You got any fucking videotape? Do I have any of that? No. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm not going to tell you. Well, we I might, actually, I might actually have his camcorder. <laughs> is that who I had to test? That wasn't Dave Sierra's, was it? Oh, it was Tonga Kids. Never mind. We end this episode of ECW. First of all, Todd Gordon gives a speech about folding, pretty much folding ECW, folding Eastern Championship Wrestling and creating Extreme Championship Wrestling. And then, you know, overall, a pretty good show, and they have to go and end it with the public enemy being obnoxious. How were they obnoxious? Because they existed. But in the in this segment, <laughs> they were... Uh, they, they, 
they essentially spray paint over Eastern on the ECW banner and 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 spray paint the word extreme. Yeah, and, but, but you got to understand that that Paul was like, who were the heels? You know, mm-hmm. Paul yeah. Paul had to make had to make heels, right? Like real heels, because you know Hack Myers was a heel. He was loved. You know, Sandman a heel, loved. He had the shit. He had to turn public enemy to be real heels. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're, um, I mean, we're not too far off from. We're not. The good thing is, we're not too far off from expanding of the t- the, the tag division in, in ECW, and we will be discussing next week a tag title change that also happened on this night, but that is not on this show. Um, but overall, guys, what do we think? We finally, we've been through Cabrini. We've been through so much. We've been through Cabrini. You ain't kidding. <laughs> we've been through the early ECW arena shows. We went through a whole series of episodes where Chad had to broadcast from a hotel. It's been quite a journey here on Reliving the Extreme, but we finally got to the point where it is extreme. We are changing over to extreme championship wrestling. And uh, shit's about to progressively get a lot better. It's It's not quite about to. <laughs> I would say another 18 months before I, you're about to. For me, it's when Raven shows up. That's me personally. For When Raven shows up, that's when, for me personally, it kicks in. Well, for, for me, it's when I leave. <laughs> no, that's that's the truth. That's not, that's not a, a rib or anything. Because I saw the, the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. I ain't sticking around for this. You know the gangsters and all. I, I've already been beat up. You know I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sticking. I. I, I literally. That's what it was. The gang. The gangsters not, are coming. The eliminators are coming. And then I. I got the. I got to work them. And guess who took turtle elimination? I bet it wasn't Donnie Allen. Nope. <laughs> it was yours truly. After that, I just said, "Look, man, I can't do this anymore." I mean, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that, you know, I've been doing this for, at this time, probably, you know, 17, 15, 15, 17, 18 years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got to figure, figure out what, you know what I mean? Like what I want to do. Right. I can't keep, keep driving up here every, you know, every other weekend, you know, whatever is 120 miles and let these guys, Guy just beat the shit out of me, you know. Like, and go home and wait for the mail, mail to come. Maybe, yeah, yep. Well, Aaron, any final thoughts before we sign off this week? Well, I just thought this was like what you said. It, it, it basically, guys, like this. Not guys, like not talking to you, talking to the the twelve people that are listening. <laughs> this is the Archie, Archie Mitchell. This is the start. Uh, <laughs> actual ECW like like you said we've gone through Cabrini we've gone through all the bullshit of fucking super destroyers and wolfmans and Jesus Christ super destroyers superfly superfly Jimmy Snuka and Larry Winters and we are now into (laughs) the actual ECW Aaron why didn't you set us up Side like forty minutes for a a rant for, I mean I mean Nate, why did you set us side forty minutes for her rant for Aaron? This is Stevie Lord. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Through fucking Stevie Wonderful, fucking Cabrini College, the Nick. fucking uh, retard friend of Eddie Gilbert. We we we've done all. Nate Gillum, yeah, Gillum. We've gone through fucking Gillum. Winners, kill him, kill him. We've sat through kill him, kill him. We've sat through fucking Larry Winters, fucking Johnny Hotbody, uh, all this shit. Canadian Wolfman, Max Frasher. Oh, um, who's the fucking guy with the fucking? Uh, oh my god, with the makeup on his face. That he's uh, he used to work for Maryland too. I can't. Oh, Glenn Osborne. Hey, Glenn Osborne. Osborne. Yeah. We've gone through Osborne. The Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Matt. Who, who, was the, who was the fat guy, the moondog-looking guy? Wolfman? Yeah, the, the Wolfman. We sat through all that shit to get to this. So the 12 of you, 
that have hung on and listened were now at e- actual ECW. That's why there's going to be seven next time we do a show. Yes. And fucking... Uh, I wouldn't brag. I wouldn't brag about our numbers. You know, Howard Stern never really brags about his numbers. What was that Paul Heyman sitting out in his like in that Windstar van? Like we had to sit through that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's laying there like he's a male model. <laughs> he's laying in his van with his knee up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That being we said, let's all that. So let's go. Ham bones. Thank you all for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. We will see you next week. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Aaron. And have a great week, everybody. Thanks.